Welcome back to Lion Podcast. My name is Aaron Alexander. For newcomers to this program, it is a place that we bring together the thought leaders of the world uh, on health and wellness to help y'all optimize your mind, body, and movement. Today's conversation was with one of my dearest friends, Miss Natalie McNeil, um, and we talk intimacy, we talk sexuality, we talk rituals from around the world, discussing her most recent book called The Rituals. I highly recommend that book. I've actually gotten a ton of value out of it. She explores various different rituals done around the world and uh, gives us a handbook on how we can start to integrate those practices into our daily life to make us more happy and successful and functional as human beings. So really love that. And I'm so grateful to get to share this time with the beautiful Natalie McNeil. Uh, she is pretty big deal. She is an Emmy award-winning media entrepreneur. I'm reading this off of Huffington Post, actually. Uh, best-selling author. She's been featured in Glamour, Time, Forbes, Wall Street Journal, entrepreneur, all over the place. Uh, she's amazing. And it is such a pleasure that we get to share this conversation. And I know you guys are going to love it. Wanted to thank the people that have been devouring the Align Method Online program. If you have any aches and pains in your body, you've got not in love with the forward head posture, or rolled forward shoulders, or slouchy spine, or feeling lethargic, or any of those things in your body, uh, that is exactly what we break down in that program. We get into lifestyle stuff, self-care stuff, and movement, and it is a seven-day free trial, so you can start that at alignpodcast.com slash method and uh, A-L-I-G-N method is how you spell that. Um, here we go. Back to the program. Pow. Thanks for making time to do this. Beautiful <laughs> Natalie McNeil. I'm so excited to be here. On the Align Podcast. <laughs> On the Align Podcast. We've been, talked about it's this It's been many years that we've talked about this. A little while. Finally, you do a book that relates to the Align Podcast. So I'm very excited to get to been able to have you on here. Um, <laughs> I love your book. <laughs> I'm so happy you love my book. Yeah. When I got that message from you, I was like, yes. Yeah, it's really good. Aaron likes the book. You were there from very early on in that journey. Yeah. What was the inspiration to make that thing happen? I have so many rituals that have made such a profound difference in my life and have kept me grounded and present and feeling alive and I have got many of those practices from around the world. I've traveled to over 100 countries and I've had such beautiful experiences in other cultures where people really enjoy life mm -hmm. and they live life so fully in a way that we don't always do here in North America, especially. And one of the things that I love about you and the way you do life is that you play, like you're down at the beach for sunset and that's a ritual for you. And you're down at the green doing acro and working out and just like playing. And we all need a little bit more of mm. that in our lives. And so that's why I wanted to make this book. Yeah. Yeah. It's really a big deal. What, why did you travel so much? Traveled a lot because when I was younger, it was an experience that I wanted to have. I did a lot of backpacking trips, a lot of like really low budget hostel trips around the world because I want to see this world with my own two eyes while I'm here. I want to go out and experience everything I can possibly experience because for me, 
travel, being in other places, being around strangers and conversations with strangers. That's how I unlock new parts of myself that I don't know yet. Mm. It's by having different experiences than I would have in my day-to-day life here. And you get that when you're traveling in a way that I find is very different than when you're just going about your day-to-day life in the city that you live in. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with that. What, when the rituals that you've encountered throughout your travels, yeah, what's stood out in those experiences? One of the rituals that transformed my whole life was being part of a cremation ceremony in Bali and watching a body burn on a pyre is one of the deepest feelings of aliveness I've ever felt Mm. and I've never felt that way at a funeral I've been to here and people do things differently depending on where you are in the world and that particular experience unlocked so much for me because it really put me in touch with my own impermanence and our collective impermanence in a way that I haven't experienced before. So having the opportunity to engage in things like that. (laughs) Yeah. What does that look like exactly? What's the, what's the, the ritual around that that ritual? Yeah. There's a lot of celebration, actually, which is one of the things that I found to be most beautiful. So there's grieving, but in the grief, there's also laughter and dance and there's prayers and there's a celebration, like a true celebration of that person's life. And Hmm. when the body is burning and there's like chanting over it, it, it feels very... It feels very elevated. The, the energy feels so elevated. And I could feel like the beauty and the preciousness of life and of this person's life. And I felt connected to the way that they lived their life in a way that I just haven't at a funeral at any other point during my life. And I thought that's how I, it's how I would love to be celebrated, would love for my life to be celebrated. And then from there, one of the rituals in the book is writing your obituary. It just put me in a place where I was more in touch with my own, uh, my own death and my life and how I want that to look and how I want it to feel and how I would want other people to be celebrating my life. Mm. So that's an example of how immersing myself in something that was a little uncomfortable, like when I got invited to that, it was a very uncomfortable experience. Who invites you to, to such a thing? To step into. Well, in Bali, especially, the cremations are more communal. It's more of a community event. So if somebody in the community has died, it's something that a lot of people in the community are participating in. And sometimes there are uh, multiple bodies or multiple cremation ceremonies that will be held at the same time. So it just so happened in this case that there were a few people who were being celebrated um, at the same time. And somebody who I uh, had met at a little local shop was talking about it and was like, you should come along. And I try to keep openness when I travel and just go with the flow and say yes to whatever experience is being presented to me. And I said yes, because that's the way I like to do travel. And then there I was. And a lot of other rituals that I've done around the world have unfolded for that way, have unfolded in that way for me as well, where it's just been saying yes, even when it didn't feel 
comfortable because I feel like that's when you get to meet parts of yourself that you haven't got to meet before. Yeah. I feel like culturally, the culture that I've been raised in, uh, certain things are on like the no-no list of exploring. One is sex. The other is death. There's probably other ones that I'm not thinking of, but I think those are like, for me, perhaps the, the more pronounced ones. Yes. You know, where there's like kind of this, like death is just this thing we just don't talk about. It's weird. It makes it's like kind of harsh as the mellow. And, you know, we just like, it'll happen at some point. You know, and I think sex is a similar thing where it's like, okay, talk about sex and a penis and a vagina. And like, oh, it's like, oh, oh. everyone kind of like clenches up a little bit. Like, okay, like maybe find an expert. Like they'll you know, get a book. You know, but I think that within that, both of those end up, our perspectives end up kind of becoming a little bit like mal-aligned um, and dark and shadowy and mutated and all that. And we end up having this fear and contraction around those topics. You know, but it's like, death could also be a celebration and death could also be um, this really magical journey and exploration and just this totally natural part of life, just like digesting food or anything. Right. And what I really appreciated was the way that children were part of that as well, because then you're not getting the same conditioning that we have. Sex is definitely another one. And I've been in parts of the world Um, especially in my early 20s, when I was traveling to different parts of Africa and some more tribal areas where the way that um, the way that sex is talked about or, or people who like live without clothing on, you know, like naked on a regular basis and like bare feet and like really in touch with the earth and their own bodies and and having non-monogamous cultures as well that I've been in. It's fascinating. And I feel like being in that, while there have been times where it was uncomfortable being with like, oh yeah, this is, this is my discomfort because of the conditioning and because we're all born into a world that has been interpreted and given meaning for us. And if you really are willing to look at the things that make you uncomfortable or look at the things that trigger you and then be able to like trace it back or peel back those layers. Like how would you choose to see the world? And if it wasn't given meaning for you, how would you choose to live your life? Like why, why do we wear clothes all the time? It makes sense in some places. I mean, I grew up in Canada. Yeah. I, <laughs> I went naked surfing I liked having clothes. Naked was, surfing. It's was, beautiful. But during it, well, this is why it makes sense to make it <laughs> chafed my willy. It was a real problem. Sometimes it makes sense <laughs> to have clothes on. Sometimes, Sometimes it really does. You don't want to chafe the willy. And other times I want to like be naked in a river having water like flow over me without it being a big deal. But don't let any children see that. Right. And I had this experience <laughs> on a hike actually just a terrible. couple months ago. And lives. there was this beautiful river. And just the fact, I was very aware of the fact that I was looking around, like, is anybody else around? Can anyone see me? Is somebody going to call the police? Because this woman is like taking off her clothes and getting yeah, in the river. Totally. So many things to think about. Why do I have to think about that? <laughs> and in other places, it's totally normal to just not have clothes on. It's just our conditioning. And that's what participating in these rituals and and just my experiences traveling have taught me that there's so many different ways to live this life 
there's no right or wrong way. And I just wish more people would open up to all the possibilities and then choose what feels true and authentic to them. Yeah. What stands out for you that's still a lingering um, trigger or point of discomfort? Lingering trigger or point of discomfort. Is there anything, oh, any, such any, a, any people taking their clothes off in a river that makes you go, oh, or some type no, of... No, I really wish that was just allowed everywhere. Yeah, I think that's course. a... I'm, that's sure, a we, I'm sure you're well past that one. Is there any part of insecurity one. or part of something like, oh, I see this like reoccurring thing that kind of makes me feel a little... One of the things that makes me a little uncomfortable or that triggers me, and this is going to maybe sound like a strange one, is movement. And I think this relates so perfectly to what you do. Like when I met you, I was in a very different place in my life in terms of how I structured my life and my work. And you were one of the people that helped me to unwind my body a little bit Hmm. and feel more spaciousness in my body and move through the world differently. And I think one of the things that still brings up the most like sadness and shame and that triggers me is that I, when I'm in certain parts of the world where people are like so in their bodies and the way that they move is so beautiful, I still have that like, oh, I just want to be able to move like that or I want to be able to dance like that. And I feel like I my body doesn't move that way. And can I work on it? Yes. And I do. And it feels hard. (laughs) Sometimes I'm like getting to a new place or like being able to put myself into a new yoga position and like do the position properly and like fully aligned. Um, Those are the kinds of things that bring up the most sadness for me or the most discomfort. It's like when I reach a limit in my body. Yeah. That's like your edge. Yeah, because I, I see in my head or I've, I have had these experiences of watching people dance, especially in cultures where like dance is so woven into yeah. the culture. West Africans are really apparent one where you're like, whoa. Yes. Really I'm like, there. I want to do that. Like yeah. that looks like it's so opening for the root chakra. Like I want that experience. Yeah. And it makes me so sad that I just I can't move my body in that way. Well, so I have had the pleasure of getting to watch you transform significantly over the last couple years. And in large part, it's been like becoming what I conceive to be like more embodied. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, that's just been your own experience of what you've been doing. I, I think I have minimal influence on that. Hopefully, perhaps at some point there was like a couple little There's angle shifts. more than a couple little angle but no, shifts. But, but nonetheless, um, I've gotten to, to watch. It seems from my angle, like you seem more embodied and, and, and it, it seems to have impacted like even like your personality and... I don't know. I, I mean, I, I might be projecting stuff, but is, has you noticed any kind of shift as far as like the way that your movement is associated, the way that you think and feel? Absolutely. Oh. Yes. I feel like when you and I were working together, just my posture and the way that I was walking, like you adjusting my walk, my steps, how hard I was hitting the ground with my foot or the position of my knees Um, in alignment with my feet when I was taking steps, you making little adjustments to things like that blew my mind because it makes such a big difference. Or when you'd be like, oh, your your left glute isn't as engaged when you're walking. Like, can you shift your weight a little bit? Things like that. It's amazing how much of a difference it makes to your like overall 
confidence and the way that you feel in your body. Like I just felt more spaciousness. The more I dance, the more spaciousness I feel in my body. And dance is like an auto tuning mechanism. An auto tuning mechanism. Yes. It's such a great way. (laughs) Such a great way of putting it. I went to, if you can get out of the way of yourself enough to allow the music to actually move your nervous system. That's the biggest thing. I I think think that's like, that's the game is figuring, okay, how do we put myself down, my somebodyness down enough that I can get moved because my internal healing mechanisms all know exactly what the hell they're doing. Yeah. For the most part, I'm just too (laughs) fucking bossy. For me, it was like, I'm too perfectionist. It was that if I can't like dance perfectly, I don't want to dance at all. And over the summer, I was at a Tantra workshop in Greece where it was like 16 hours a day. And eight of those hours was movement and dance and the dynamic meditation with Osho. Are you familiar with that? Uh, yeah, really like when interesting. You're, like, you're like yelling and screaming. And you're like yelling and screaming, and, and, and it's really heavy breath work. Yeah, I've done that. And then you're doing these like kind of like, I mean, they would be like they're not jump squats at all, but it's kind of like ten minutes straight yeah. of jump squats. And by the time you reach stillness, and then there's a whole dance section of it as well. By the time you reach stillness, it's like you really get to meditate. The stillness, you're so aware of it. And that dance, like dancing for hours a day, I've never felt so amazing in my body. And that plays out in every area of my life. Like I I feel better. I am different in my relationships when I feel that way. I feel mm-hmm. more confidence. I feel more joy. Like it's amazing how that impacts every single area of your life, which is why I'm so fucking excited about your book. Oh, good. Thank you. This is about your book right now, though. The rituals. Okay, we're talking about my book. Fine. We recorded that. We recorded that one. (laughs) But I really love what you're doing and what you created because it's helped me so much. Yeah, they they feed into each other. I mean, my book's breaking down like. mechanics of how to integrate better movement into your life and why the hell it matters but rituals of that you could say your movement is a ritual yeah and you could say that you as you go into a room it's like this ritualistic act of taking the room in with your eyes and when, with your senses you know your smell and with touch and like i think you can instill rituals you know and make more aspects of your life more ceremonial Absolutely. And that's one of the rituals that I love most in the book. It's like a primal movement, primal dance ritual. And I love taking essences. There's another one that I do and I call it the um, essences movement or essences dance. And depending on the essence I want to embody, I dance that in. And I like take it like a, almost like a thread and I like weave it into my body. So for example, the essence of sensuality, like if I was fully embodying sensuality, how does sensuality move and speak and (laughs) go into a meeting? Like if I'm leaving the house as the embodiment of sensuality, how is sensuality dressed? How is she moving? How... How is she going to leave that house and go off into the world? And that's another dance that I love. I love that. I have the same-ish little align yourself box exercise thing in, mm-hmm. in my book, oddly Do enough. Do you? Yeah, I swear <laughs> to God. Yeah, one of the, one of the, one of the uh, I have these little like subsections. I, I break it down into like, essentially like little, you know, Instagram post type articles so people can kind of like take a breath at the end of each section. Yeah. So these little align yourself exercise things like that. And it's literally exactly that, like visualizing um whatever however it is that you want to feel in this case like tapping into a certain um sense or sensation Mm -hmm. and 
feeling, visualizing, okay, how do I move when I'm doing that? How do I speak when I'm doing that? How do I dress when I'm doing that? And really uh, creating that clear, distinct image of what that feels like. And then from there, starting to practice that. And then you can kind of like, like Tony Robbins talks about, he probably got this from, I'm sure he got this from this analogy somewhere else, but you have to put a little bit of water into the pump to prime it in order to get the hydraulics moving to be able to extract more water. Mm -hmm. And so if you're just feeling all frumpy and you're eating donuts and you're sitting on your couch and you're watching friends or whatever, and you're like, man, I want to feel sexy. You're like, well, you got to put some primer in there. Mm -hmm. You know, so something you can do is, is like a little ritual like yeah. that. Is there Absolutely. any other, is there any that stand out? I, I feel like that's a very helpful Mm. ritual to enact in one's life is there any other one standout ones for me sometimes it's the elements as well like sometimes i'll be feeling a lot of fire mm. and if i'm in a busy work period i feel like i'm in fire a lot which is is great but sometimes i need to balance that and i need earth or i need water so sometimes i'll take in water and i'm like how would how would water move right now? And I put on, I have different cool. playlists for different elements and I'll put on a water playlist and I, I embody water and move that way around my home or in a dance studio. And it just brings me into a, a different space. And in that space, I feel like I am able to return to my intuition and I get more clarity and then I can step back into fire, but it makes a really big difference for me to like flow in and out. And then sometimes to just find balance in all of that. Like, can I embody all of those things at the same time? And what does that look like. So I've been more mindful of my movement. And then the primal dance one is just moving your body in ways that is allowing the inner wisdom that we all have, like uh, allowing our body's wisdom to move us. And one of the biggest things for me when it comes to dance was that when I was younger, I was always in dance classes and I wouldn't get the moves right yeah. or I couldn't do the split. So the teacher would be like, you're going to be at the back of the room. You're going to do this like modified move and just do this move. It was very regimented. And I didn't learn probably until like five or six years ago to just trust the way that my body wants to move. And on a... It was actually on a plant medicine journey where I really, like one of my first ones where I was really in touch with the inner wisdom of my body and the way that I was moving was so fascinating and so different. So I try to tap into that space more often as well, where I just dance like I wouldn't dance necessarily if I was in a space with a bunch of other people, not that it should matter. But sometimes when there are other people around, I'm overthinking it. I'm like, how do I look right now? How yep. does how I'm moving look right now? Yep. Um, and I'd like to not be in that space, but that's just how it is when there are other people around. Yeah. When I have the music on and I just like let it flow, I, I just love being in that space. I know you do that a lot too. I want to take a quick break and present y'all with a really cool opportunity to win a month supply of Organifi uh, supplements, which is some of my absolute favorite stuff that I've come across. They are all USDA organic, gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free, vegan. Uh, presently, I'm holding my hand the turmeric and reishi infused gold, gently dried superfood tea that I'll put in cocoa or tea or smoothies or what have you. It's got reishi and magnesium and 
Uh, let's see, what has it got in here actually? Uh, all sorts of good stuff. Various different mushrooms that are good for relaxing, good adaptogenic herbs and such. Um, it's just good stuff. And if you feel like it, you just hang for 90 seconds total each day. Post yourself doing it on Instagram. Tag me, Adeline Podcast, uh, and Organifi. And uh, you do that, and then you get three of your friends. Just just tag three of your friends to do that with you. And we will be choosing someone on January 31st to win a month's supply of Organifi. They're going to hook you the freak up. Uh, anything that your heart desires, um, you'll be getting from Organifi. It is a beautiful opportunity. So just post yourself, tag three friends, uh, hang seven days, 90 seconds a day. It's not a lot. It's very simple, actually. Um, so that's the challenge. 90 seconds per day, seven days. Tag three friends uh, and tag me, Align Podcast and Organifi. And we're going to pick a winner, January 31st. All right, that's all. Uh, if you want to just buy some Organifi, you can do that as well and use the Align code at checkout and you'll get 15% off. So Organifi.com, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com and use the line code at checkout for 15% off on whatever you would like. I recommend checking these guys out. Throw this gold stuff into some tea or cocoa, it's nice. All right, back to the show with Natalie McNeil. Yeah, I think our education system, it's very easy to poo-poo on like all things Western culture, but um, I was listening to a thing with Ram Dass recently and he was talking about how we approach education of children kind of like their containers that need to be filled up with facts and information mm. as opposed to teaching them how to be a receptive, supple, malleable container that's able to uh, contain a wide variety of subjects or conversations or ideas or concepts. It's kind of more like teaching the container how to hold fluid as opposed to just feeling this urge to just fill it up as much as possible. Like that's success. We've got all the fluid in the container. We just, it's up. It's up to the brim. We did it. Um, you know, and I think that it's a similar thing how that affects our approach to, to, to movement and to thought patterns. I think we can, we can get so stuck on just like more like information or knowledge as opposed to wisdom. Mm-hmm. You know, so, but in order to actually allow that wisdom part to come through, a person needs to be willing to kind of like release their grasp on the information and, and on the, the knowledge part and be able to kind of just like trust and really and all these kind of like, it feels kind of fluffy to talk about, but then you eat some plants and you're like, Oh, okay. I get it. I need to fucking let go of my grasp for a moment here so I can allow, allow, I guess is the thing. Yeah. And connected breath has been another one for me because I think that those states, like for anyone who has resistance to plant medicine or you don't want to step into that for whatever reason, I think you can get to some of those states through breath work as mm-hmm. well. And especially through circular connected breath where you would be um, taking a deep breath in specifically through the mouth for this one and really like activating the sympathetic nervous system and like releasing things that are stuck in the energy body and the connected breath is like (sighs) 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 so you're taking a breath in before you get to the bottom of the exhale and you're keeping it connected and looping it. I like to loop it from sacral to heart. Hmm. 
And there's a lot that gets released. Is that in like that a visualization? Space. And I want you to define energy body. Mm, so is yeah. that a visualization looping from sacral to heart? What does that actually tangibly mean? And what does energy body mean? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah thank you. So the energy bodies, I'm talking about the different chakras specifically um, okay. and the seven chakras. So there's a way that we can um, open up those energy centers in the body. The body has like 72,000 nadis, like energy currents. And a lot of them are connected into these like vortices that are our chakras from crown, um, third eye, throat, heart, solar plexus, sacral, and root. And some of you may be familiar with those or not familiar. You can always Google them. And opening up those energy centers, it, it unlocks different things for you. So if you feel blocked in your self-expression or you feel like it's difficult for you sometimes to communicate in relationship, you might have a block in the throat chakra and doing some breath work specifically into that space and seeing what comes up um, can help you to release whatever's there if you can be with it for long enough. So what I mean by that is let's say you go into this breath work and you can put on a few songs. I recommend like 15 to 20 minutes to really get to touch the feeling or the, the energy that you're experiencing. So you're in your throat and you're just visualizing breathing into that space. So breath in through the mouth and out through the mouth. and expanding your belly on every inhalation and then contracting, pushing all that air out on the exhalation. And if you can just visualize breathing into the throat and just be with whatever's there, be with whatever's coming up. You can have a playlist on for this. And if you can do that for like 15 to 20 minutes, what you're going to probably start to feel is any blockages there. You might have memories that come up and you might have specific moments where you've like held back anger, held back communicating how you feel. And if you can give voice to those things, you can help to clear it from your energy system because uh, a great book actually is The Body Keeps the Score That's for all. this. If you're, yeah, if you're... Right. <laughs> interested in learning more about this there are so many things that happen in our lives where we go into fight or flight and and we repress what's coming up instead of like being with it like how animals are able to discharge energy we don't have systems we don't have tools for discharging energy um and it's shameful yes if you start weirding out you know fishing convulsing having like a orgasmic tremorous release thing in quotations in like the middle of Times Square it's like pretty awkward <laughs> <laughs> and one of the other things I like to do in that space like maybe you don't want to do breath work for like 15 or 20 minutes but if you're doing that and you're <sighs> and don't take any pauses in between those breaths and then have a pen and a journal close by and do some stream of consciousness writing after hmm. so you can just ask like what does my highest self want me to know right now or what do I need to release right now? What is stuck in my body right now that needs to be released, that needs to be expressed? And then when you're at the begin at the end of that breathwork, rather, pick up your pen and just stream of consciousness, writing practice, write without stopping. 
for about five minutes. So set a timer write for five minutes, let it all just flow through you and don't take the pen off the paper. If you get stuck on a word, just write the last word until the next word comes. And there's a lot that you can release that way as well. I think it's interesting when you're um, doing that moaning, me being a man, I'm obviously like go straight to sex. I'm like, that sounds a lot like sex. Um, the and it is. Work? Yeah. And you it know, depends on what kind of, yeah, it depends on what kind of breathing you're doing. But yeah. the like connected breath in through the mouth, yeah, I mean, my, through the mouth, yeah, yeah. it can I mean, sound that way. My mind's a terrible place. So I, I yeah. typically will, will veer towards towards some type of sexual innuendo for, for many, many things. But so, um, I mean, it's not that terrible. Well, I don't know. I guess it's all relative. Um, but I mean this actually from a really positive direction. Like, I think we live in a, a very for the in large part a very touch deprived culture mm -hmm. that does have a lot of shame around sexuality and when a person you know particularly like a dude gets lucky you know or gets laid or whatever typically the next day people are like oh hey like what's that little jump in your step you're looking extra chipper like what's going on? it's like yeah i had sex and i touched and i breathed and i <sighs> and i like turn myself on on a cellular level in partnership with another person um, you know, and so sometimes we don't have access to that, um, in our daily life in part, you know, we can't even pay for it in this culture cause it's, you know, it's illegal. It's this very off limits area. Um, you know, but you can kind of prime that pump, I think kind of going back to like the, the same analogy, like get a little bit of water in there to get the hydraulics going, um, prime that energetic pump in yourself, your personality and your movement and yourself at a cellular level by mimicking those same states that you'd get in by hiking up a tall hill and being gassed out or having sex with another person. You can replicate that from a respiratory perspective without yes. necessarily having all the, you know, all the things. It's yes. pretty cool Yeah, we have access Especially to that. Breathing into the sacral, breathing into your genital, same breath that I was just doing, um, but breathing into that space, there's a lot that you can clear and heal and open up. And you're right. We live in a culture that is touch deprived. And I think for a lot of people, I mean, sex is one of the most magical experiences that we have access to for like healing for our like our sacral chakras too that's like the center of our creativity like there's so much that we can access in that space but how many people are like going into that with the conscious awareness of that versus doing something that feels automatic or like having a quickie like can you really be with another person and connect with them and make eye contact and have it be a really sensual experience and breathe into it like breathe with each other that same breath that we were just doing you can do that with another person where you take the breath in this is one of the practices that I love doing with my partner when we're making love it's like that person breathes out and you take in their breath and as you're doing the circle, you're doing, you're circling it with another person. So I'm breathing in his breath and then I'm exhaling and he's taking in my exhale. And so we're circling that breath between us and it creates a much more connected experience. And that's where we have an opportunity during sex to like, not only have the, the like deepest, most profound, intimate experiences with another person, but we can also tap into 
our own creative center. And there's also a lot of healing available in that space as well. Yeah. I think it's also pretty cool that we can have, you can expand the conversation of what sex is. And we talked about this before, but, but beyond just penetration, you know, and so sex, I think you can have a really tremendous, beautiful, healing, sexual experience with somebody without penetration at all. Yeah. Um, and maybe even sometimes more because with penetration, perhaps that's like, it's kind of like meditation, you know, like Vipassana meditation. They first, you, you want to do, they'll, they'll make you do four 10 day sets before they allow you to do the walking meditation. So most people are like, fuck man, that's like a lot. I'm, you know, I don't think I'm, I'm into that, you know, but, but that's like penetration is a pretty high level place to be at, to be able to not allow all of your energy to just get, you know, pulled into your, you know, sexual organs, Mm -hmm. you know, instead being able to like, okay, how do we actually use the sexual organs as a, um, you know, a medium or a tool or an avenue to actually uh, cultivate that energy and move it through our whole entire body. Yeah. You know, it's just something like that, you know, doing sex without, you know, the P and the V can be a really great starting point to actually learn how do we, how do we move sex mm-hmm. through us, through our whole systems, as opposed to it just being this like, you know, grand finale out the, out the, out the willy. And you can orgasm <laughs> in like every chakra. Like how do we you do can, ah, oh, it's the best. And one of the ways <laughs> that you can do that, and it takes a little while and it takes a takes a bit of practice, but having that connected breath with your partner and the eye gazing, like the breathing practices together and moving your bodies together and like seeing what unfolds, even without the penetration, that's how we, we are looping. And when you're taking someone else's energy too, and you're bringing that through your body, weaving it through your body, and you're giving that energy back to the person, it's like every time you're exchanging that with each other, you're giving each other more and more energy, more and more fire is moving through your body. And then by the time you get to the point where there is penetration, that's like, that's where it's like all the energy from the penetration moves through your body, moves through your whole energy system. And that's where you can have some pretty, um, some pretty profound orgasmic experiences. And sometimes there is like shaking. Shaking is one of the best ways to release like discharge energy, especially traumatic energy, um, and experiences from your body. And I've seen this in certain cultures, especially in places in Africa that I've been where there's a lot of shaking built into the dances and experiences. And shaking is beautiful for the body to um, have a release or if something happens to me and I'm really stressed out, like I had this experience where there was a guy who had been following me and then like approached me and was just like screaming at me and clearly had some, um, some, issues, but the experience kind of scared me and I was shaken up from it. And one of the first things that I did to discharge that energy was to shake. That's good. You were shaken up And to gently shake. And you realize This that. is a, an Osho practice um, as well. And I've gone to the, the Osho centers and done their meditations. Shaking is a big part of it because there's a lot that we can sort of release. And when you're shaking, can you visualize just shaking off the stress, shaking off um, the day, yeah. even it's a great practice for morning or night. And then I also love sometimes doing that in the shower, like shaking off the day. And then as the water's hitting me and washing over me, just imagine it all washing away. Um, yeah. So shaking during sex or after sex too, is just 
can be a really beautiful part of the experience. And can you approach sex as an adventure instead of having to get somewhere? Because too often we feel like we have to get somewhere or we're trying to get to orgasm, trying to get to ejaculation. Can you just be in the experience? And maybe that means trying sex a few times without penetration, without touching each other and making it an experience where it's sensual and you're moving together and you're touching and you're breathing together. Yeah, I was listening to another thing recently. This may or not may not be a perfect analogy, but I found it interesting of uh, less evolved creatures when they um, if you put a glass wall between them and food, they'll just keep running into the into the wall trying to get the food until eventually they starve to death there's more ram i heard that ram Dass say this so I, you know, I love it. it's, a, it's a great <laughs> metaphor i've listened a lot of ram Dass. yeah ram Dass um, is great god he's great he's yeah. becoming like a father figure it's very fascinating <laughs> um but anyway so but he was saying but a, a more evolved creature of whatever sort you know a cat or something like that if you put that glass plate between the food and them they might first bump, bump their nose against it like, oh, crap. you know, And then they're like, okay, I need to actually look away from the food to be able to find, like, oh, if I, if I kind of go actually away for a little bit and explore and let go of that immediate grabbing of the food in that instant, then I'll, I'll realize, like, oh, wow, look at that. There's a whole path that eventually comes back. And, oh, there's the food. But you have to be able to have that, that, that trust that it's okay, I can look away from the orgasm or I can look away from the money or look away from the, whatever the, the success thing is for you in that moment. And then once you do look away, then all of a sudden, oftentimes it seems like things kind of open up. Yeah. You know? What it's about for, for people that want to be able to have more of that union and be able to share that circulation of energy through mm-hmm. their bodies, through sexual intercourse or just union in general? Um, how does a person prime themselves for that without a partner? Mm, I think doing breath work on your own is perfect for that. Mm. And getting like self-pleasuring rituals are amazing as well. And this is actually one of the ones that was cut from the book, unfortunately. But doing that same connected breath with your own body, going from sacral up into the heart or up into the throat and giving voice, giving expression to what's coming up. And then see if you can in that space, see if you feel comfortable touching yourself mm. a little bit. And How dare you say touch yourself on the Align podcast? I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh oh. <laughs> Can you start se- touching yourself in a sensual way? Can you start moving your hips? Can you start like making love to yourself mm. and having that experience? Because when you can do that and have profound experiences with yourself, then I feel like you're in an even better place to share that with other people. Mm. And sometimes like why do we look to other people for our own pleasure why do we wait for other people to give us things that we can give ourselves okay i taught that i think in like the allopathic allopathic model yeah, you're totally medicine. right you know it's yeah. like how it's how we're structured the, the medium is yeah. the message yeah and, and then we start fluid. thinking and you know i i talked to some female friends um about this we start thinking oh he's the key to my pleasure or like she's the key to my pleasure i need that person to feel pleasure to feel like sexually gratified like can you cultivate that relationship with yourself 
And I've been in Tantra workshops where you actually work on having the masculine and feminine energies within you making love. So can you focus on the, let's say, right side of the body being the masculine, left side of the body being the feminine? And can you, um, as you're breathing, can you visualize those bodies like coming together and having that relationship, that divine union within yourself? Because what we is, all have those energies. What does masculine and feminine mean? <sighs> we... <laughs> To me, they're the energies that we all that we all have. the The feminine is the the vastness. Um, the masculine is is the container for it. Is the container that holds it. Hmm. Is the way that I would describe it. How do you feel have- that relates to? And it's okay if you don't have any like. Um, you know, more extensive thoughts or research or something like that of like, uh, but that's, there's certain things that I know in an embodied sense that I can speak to. And I'm like, yep, like that's just true. I know that the left side of the body being masculine and the right side being, or sorry, left side being feminine, the right side being masculine is something that I say sometimes and I get it. Um, but I don't necessarily feel like an embodied, like, okay, I really know what that means. Do you have a sense of what that means? It's okay if you don't. I'm just kind of curious. Yeah, the sides of the body. Yeah. Um, things like that don't always feel true for me. Like I've been in different workshops where they talk about this and I'm like, okay, cool. That's not exactly my experience, but there are certain spaces in my body where I feel connected more to one or the other. Like when I'm working on my throat chakra and I'm working on expression and being clear in my communication and precise, that feels more masculine to me personally. And when I'm breathing into my heart and I'm opening my heart and unlocking it, that feels very feminine to me. Mm. So sometimes I have those experiences with my, um, with my body. And then other times it's more like visualizations and the way that I see it is having the masculine energy like containing and giving direction to the feminine energy and to my creativity, for example. And it comes up a lot for me when I'm doing something like writing, where I have all of these ideas and everything feels um, like this big brain dump. And then I get to put a container to that and I get to channel all of that into writing the book and structuring the book. And that's usually how I I'm personally experiencing it and feel those distinctions. Yeah. What do you think of the whole, we'll wrap this thing up because we got to go hike into the great outdoors. We're going to hike into the mountains. Hike into the mountains. It's going to be beautiful. Mm. Maybe we'll do some ritual. What kind of ritual Mm. will we do? I love nature rituals. I love hugging trees. I love grounding. All right. Barefoot. Can I do some sexy panting while I hug the tree? You can do whatever you want. That'd be acceptable in Topanga. I'm all for panting and (laughs) vocalizing. Good. That'd be good. We keep way too much. We keep way too much inside. Like just let it out. Like in the morning, sometimes I feel like just being in a space of like, like making the craziest sounds and stuff. And I used to hold all that in and it feels so much better to just let it out. Mm. So good. All right. Sorry. We're going off on tangents. No, I like it. (laughs) 
I'm just imagining <laughs> the both of us. We'll bring Justin too. Uh, Justin's our friend. Um, we're going to be hugging some trees. We're going to be panting. We're going to be yelling. My tongue's going to be out. Primal do movements. Some dragon shit. We're going to be crawling around. What's that called in yoga? The dragon's breath? Yeah, breath of <sighs> fire. Breath of fire is a good clearing, <laughs> good clearing breath. Lion's breath, too, is amazing. Yeah, yeah that's what I meant. Lion's, lion's breath, yeah. That's real stuff. I mean, we get tension. It's a good one. So we think like your tongue is a, a muscle. It's a really strong muscle. And it's it's connected to the muscles throughout your throat and the muscles throughout your you know, pericardium around your heart, your diaphragm, and your organs, and all the way down to sexual organs. Like that's um, when you look into the anatomy of the body and the, the connectivity of it. Uh, and you take that lens and superimpose that on top of some of the wacky new age shit we see happening in a yoga studio um i think for the most part people don't actually have that definition of why they're doing that but a lot of the things mm-hmm. you see you're like oh that's legit like reaching your tongue out uh, and then also ah, and going through like that yeah. that long exhalation and going through all the different like frequencies of sound there's science backing all of that stuff up mm-hmm. it's just very rare that the yoga teacher that you're listening to has actually done any of that research mm-hmm. And so it can kind of come off as a little bit just like fluffy, new agey, what the hell are we doing here? Um, but if you do go into it, you can see a lot of those practices actually have a lot of um, tangible, solid, grounded, yeah. scientific validation. Anyways, we got to wrap this bitch up. <laughs> um, where, so, I'm sweating. I'm <laughs> yeah. sweating in this sauna. We gotta, yeah, we it's need to great. Go, <laughs> we need to get, release our kundalini by some, by some redwoods. Um where do people go from here? They should get your book. Where do people go the from The Rituals. Here? There are 36, By Natalie Macneil. 36 practices to cultivate well-being, deepen relationships, tap into your aliveness and joy. And that's at nataliemacneil.com forward slash The Rituals book. Mm. And I'm on Instagram at Natalie McNeil. And I'd love for you to just shoot me a shoot me a DM. Let me know what you're taking away. Slip let me know what, the DMs. Let me know what practice you're going to try on from this interview. And this has been so fun. Good. Yeah, I had a great time. <laughs> Enjoy this. Um, yeah. And you just, you want a Emmy? Ne- 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 yeah. what, what do you call those? An Emmy. Emmy. Yeah. That's a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron comes over to my place <laughs> and he's like, oh, trophies. Like, <laughs> what true. the fuck are you going to do with a trophy? And then he's yeah. like, that one looks important, though. What? What's that one? Yeah, like, I thought uh, it was like a, a bowling trophy or it's something. It's an Emmy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, I've never been a good bowler, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that good. was for um, my company had co-produced one of the world's first 360-degree films. That was a long time ago, almost 10 years ago now. Mm, you're just a little whippersnapper, <laughs> winning <laughs> trophies. Little whippersnapper, yeah. That's good. How does one win an Emmy? Can uh, I win an Emmy? You, what do I, I got to do? What are the steps from day one any- <laughs> to Emmy? What does that look like? How anybody can submit their projects for can consideration. The podcast, no, but if you did like Damn. an aligned documentary, okay. you could submit that right. for consideration. Right. Yeah, you're you're producing some creating amazing things. stuff. We're you're creating, creating things. things. I love this I podcast. Want that Good, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> I love you on the podcast. I love this podcast so much <laughs> and it's come such a long way. I love that I've I've got to be there from the earlier stages and we've talked so much about it and now it's just like blown up and 
I love it. It's I love all the work process. you've put out into the world. And I'm grateful for the difference that it's made in my life and in my body and just all the work that I've done with mm. you. I know a lot of people do not have the immense blessing of having you as a dear friend who uh, you'll actually do one-on-one -on -one body work with, but it's one of the most profound experiences mm. of my life in terms of like how I feel uh, physically and how I feel in my body. So thank you man, oh man. for that gift. Well, I appreciate you teaching me compassion. I think be a I've primary. taught you compassion? Yeah, I think so. I think you're mm. uh, a really uh, excellent listener. And mm -hmm. you embody um, like the feminine qualities very well. Um, and so I've gotten to learn how to be more nurturing and compassionate and uh, more of a listener. Like you could, I mean, people could probably hear throughout this conversation, you've been um, very supportive of me throughout this, even though this is like, this podcast is about you. Um, and that's something that you do in the world in general. You care mm -hmm. greatly about other people. Thank and so you. I've gotten to, to learn that from you. Thank you for that reflection. Yeah, it's good. Oh, I love you. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got to wrap this bitch up. All this right. Is, this is fluffy stuff. Uh, thank you all for tuning in and um, go check out The Rituals book on, I guess, what, bookstores and Amazon stuff? Bookstores, Amazon. It's like in all kinds of stores. In it's so cool to see this getting out in the world. Like I was at a store doing some holiday shopping and it was there with the denim, with like this season's denim oh, and The Rituals. It's so cool. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. All right. I cool. love seeing it out in the world in that way. All right. Over now. Next time y'all hear from me, I'll be holding an Emmy in my hand for... I'm just joking. I yeah. love, a line, love, a line love, method love documentary. Emmy. That's what we're doing. It's coming. Next. We're going for the Emmy. All right. It's coming. Thanks for tuning in. Over now. I hope you guys loved that conversation with Natalie as much as I did. Um, her book was really inspiring to me, and I think you guys are going to really love it. So check out The Rituals by Natalie McNeil. Anywhere books are sold, you will find that thing. Uh, thanks so much again to people for jumping on the Align Method online program. If you have any aches, pains in your body, you are not in love with the fact that your head might be jutting forward that your shoulders might be rolled forward, that your spine might be hunched forward, that you feel stiff and aching in your body. Um, the Align Method Online program was built exactly for uh, you and to remedy those situations, getting into lifestyle stuff, getting into self-care stuff uh, and movement. And you get it for free, seven day free trial. Uh, if you dig it, you will be receiving the Align Band, which is a heavy duty resistance band with a door anchor and also comes with its own program on how to use that thing, all free, what comes along with it. And uh, I wanted to thank you guys for subscribing to this so you get the updates. Uh, we also have a newsletter going out that breaks down the bullet points from this conversation and also a weekly self-care and or movement video. All new, fresh content. We are getting focused on this Align podcast this year, 2020. So I appreciate you guys uh, inspiring me to do that because uh, people are actually listening to this thing. It's great. We've had this, like an influx of new humans tuning in. So it's exciting. Uh, I appreciate you. I appreciate you telling your friends. That's why you're listening, I guess, because you, people have been telling their friends and hearing about it. So um, you are the reason this grows. I so greatly appreciate it. This is helpful. Tag uh, Natalie McNeil and me. Uh, I'm at Align Podcast on Instagram. She's at Natalie McNeil. And uh, tell us your takeaways. I look forward to hearing what you enjoyed in this conversation. All right. I will see you this Thursday for a solo episode. <laughs>